talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And welcome to this week's episode of The Artist Interview, a place where really we get to travel the world to find some of the best names from contemporary Christian music. And that's very much our heart. We really want to highlight the people who are making waves in the music business. But also, we sometimes want to pause and also make space for some of the people who actually have amazing stories to tell and some great music, and also perhaps the people that are worth knowing. So I'm very pleased to welcome for the very first time to Hope FM, the wonderful Joe Hardy. Um, and before we introduce him to you guys, let's hear a clip from his first song. This is Sing My Soul. And that was Sing My Soul by Joe Hardy. Hey, Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you very much for making time to join us here on Hope FM. So it would be wonderful if we could talk a little bit about your journey with Jesus uh, and your music and why that's significant uh, for you and what sort of things God has sort of planned for you, that at least your understanding of what God might be doing with you. But, but to just start off, tell me a little bit about how you became a Christian and um, a bit about your walk in that sort of area of life, your faith journey. Of course. So I'm Joe and uh, I'm I'm living in Yeovil in Somerset and I, I say I'm living in Yeovil. I've always lived in Yeovil. Um, I was raised here by my uh, wonderful parents and wonderful family and have grown up as part of Yeovil Community Church. So I am um, very much a homegrown church kid. Um, I was doing... I was in the band at, at age 11 on the saxophone and then and then the drums and then started a band when I was about 13 and I was the front man with the bass and I, I'm a little bit um I'm, I'm on the shorter side so uh, I was a short guy with a bass guitar kind of front man sting thing going on which was good fun um so I, I church and faith has been part of my my whole life I've got incredible supportive parents who have always brought us along to to church and that's been a big part of our um, have our story and um so yeah I, it that that's my that's my journey um I guess the the key points in that story are, are when I was um I, I had a, like a make or break moment um when I was trying to work out what I was going to do with my my life my future and I was kind of set on architecture at a young age my mum's an artist and so we've grown up around art and creative things and, and I was always focused on um, focused on journey towards architecture and uh, so I'd been told I needed to do A-levels in maths and physics and, uh, and art and um, I was discovered at college that I'm not actually very academic and so oh, I didn't enjoy, enjoy academics so I, um, I spent most of my time in the, in the art studio and picked up photography in the, in the dark room um, and got to the kind of through my my college years was working out what I wanted to do was picking universities actually for architecture realized you've got to get quite good grades um, and uh, I had my mind sort of towards doing a gap year at our, our church I wasn't I wasn't that sure about it because um, 
they were always really cool, but I didn't really like the idea of becoming one of the team and working with my old youth leader. I just, I was really wasn't very sure. Um, and I felt this like nudge from God in my college age that, yeah, I needed to go and do that. So I was like, okay, right, I'll do that for one year as a gap year before going off to university, but I'm clear I'm going to do architecture. Um, I get to the end of my my A-level year and uh, and you could spell fudge with my results. <laughs> okay, that's um, that's unfortunate. Although I say it's unfortunate, maybe God had a different plan than architecture then. That's what I'm guessing. Go on, what happened then? That was the kind of key switch moment for me when I was, yeah, I was set on, on university and um, in that moment realised I, I suddenly couldn't go. So I, I dropped out of the gap year that was supposed to be going on and I re-enrolled to college to go and do an art foundation. I was convinced that's the route, that's the journey I'll go on to go and be there. And I was given this first project of 200 drawings. And I, I went away and I was sat on my parents' landing and I was starting these drawings. And I started to weep over these drawings uh, and actually weep. My parents had no idea what to do with me. So they sent me down to the church to go and see the youth leader and was like, oh, we don't know what to do with him. Can you, can you fix this? And uh, so he... Um, yeah, he, he turned to me and he said, I want you to go. And we had a prayer room up on the top floor. And he was like, I want you to go up to the prayer room and don't come down until you know what you're doing with the rest of your life. Oh, gosh. Were you allowed to have like food and water up there for a few months or? Yeah, I thought I was going to be up there for months. Yeah. And I, I was, it was quite a few hours, but that for me, if, if in my like whole journey up until that point, um, faith was important. God was, God was part of my life. I was baptized at a young age, but there was this like key switch moment where I, really clearly heard God say, I wanted me to lay down my dreams and to serve him here. Um, and so there was this like pinpoint moment for me of, am I going to put that stuff down? Am I going to lay down that? And I'm going to choose to be obedient and following here. Um, and, and so I did, and I dropped out of college again. So were, well, just to clarify, were you weeping over the pictures because you didn't, because it was so distressing doing the pictures? What was the reason that you wept at that point? There was this realisation that this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. I think if anyone said to me, draw 200 pictures, I'd pretty instantly realise that that was not, not for me. And that, now I look back on it, I think maybe that was it. It was just there was a lot of homework. <laughs> yeah. but, but OK, so so you, you realised that that wasn't for you. You dropped out of college and then you went to choose to do... So then I, I joined this this gap year at our, our church and and that kind of has started this serial gap year journey that I've been on for the last, um, I, th I think it's now something like 14 years of, uh, of living the gap year dream. I don't think it's a gap year anymore when you're actually on staff and, and part of the team leading those, those interns. So, so actually what I, I've done is I've been on the journey of, of being, being an intern. Uh, I formed a band while I was on that team and, and we, we traveled around um, the country into Europe and even into Brazil kind of playing songs that were like, prophetic songs of hope and messages of God's love and transformation into schools and prisons and youth groups. And, um, and then actually ended up taking over the role of, of leading the team. Um, and then in the last few years have been um, kind of transforming and changing more into overseeing all of our creative mission as a church. So yeah, I, that's, that's been my whirlwind story up to this point. It sounds like it's kept you fairly busy. I'd like to understand though, 14 years of serving in the church during that time touring you mentioned did you say brazil yeah that's an unusual destination well why did you end up going to brazil we uh, we've got a lot of links with brazil um as a church and um so we, we'd had missionaries come over and work with us for years and um it ended up being this exchange where we went over and 
so yeah we got to go and play um go and play a whole load of dates in different places around brazil we learned uh, a bunch of songs in portuguese and played the same songs everywhere we went but it was it was fantastic and life-changing experience gamer well, I've, I've got to say, I'm I'm a bit of a fan of gap years for people before they go to university and uh, life-changing experiences, mission trips, things like that. I think they are superb. So that's interesting to, to hear that it was so useful for you, as well as hopefully a blessing for many other people. Just to flesh this out a bit in Brazil, I know that on any mission trip, there's nearly always something that just doesn't go to plan at all, really. Um, maybe, maybe a silly story or, or something that you weren't expecting to happen. What was the standout moment on that sort of thing uh, of your trip to Brazil? On that, on that trip, I mean, we missed we missed some flights. Um, Never good. Uh, mainly due to getting our our travel through São Paulo completely wrong and uh, being stuck in gridlock traffic. That was, uh, yeah, that that was bad. I think my memories more are, are just vast amounts of food everywhere we went because uh, everybody was very excited to feed the the meat hungry and excited young English lads who were excited <laughs> by everything we did. My, my younger brother was a, uh, was a bass player in the band and um, he made it his mission to just learn You're Beautiful in Portuguese and, and announced it to every girl that he met on the, on the basis that they might feed him. That was his. Well, that is, that, that is a nice line to try to get food. <laughs> I, I, it would have probably been better if he'd learned the words, I'm really hungry. Do you have any food? But but you're beautiful. Probably it worked. It worked for him. It worked it, for him. It probably makes them smile. I hope so. Anyway, okay. So so in fact, maybe that's a highlight as well. Because I was going to say, obviously the things are, can be difficult and challenging. But what was the standout moment where you went? This is the the reason that we've come. We were we were connecting with initially a group um, of whole kind of church planters across uh, South America. So. We were, uh, it was this event called Tribal Generation was one of the main things we were going over to play. And um, there was like groups of churches from, um, you know, inner city Rio and their whole mission and ministry um, as a church was working with prostitutes and um, people who were stuck in that, that cycle within the city of Rio. And then there was this, um, this group of guys who their whole focus was working with um, heavy metal, people in the whole heavy metal scene. And so, um, we, we met these guys who were like huge metal heads and, and the way that they stood and did worship together was like <laughs> screaming down the microphone, which is just fantastic. Uh, and there was these guys who um, their, their whole focus and mission was based around like um, hippies. And because Latin America and Brazil particularly is so vast, there's these huge communities in, in different ways. And so instead of like their whole mission thing was instead of us trying to send someone in to convert the metal heads, it was like, actually we've, We've had somebody become a Christian. Let's let them go back into the natural environment. And then whole churches and, and people being transformed. And so I think for like for us, the kind of eye-opening moment, and, and this particularly was like the opening moment for me, was that God worked through people's giftings, through people's passions, through people's identities to reach those um, who, you know, I might not be compatible with that group of people necessarily, but actually God works through me to meet the people who I am compatible with. And God was bringing... Um, Oh, it, it was just it was just amazing seeing things that we'd never, ever dreamed of. You know, who, who dreams of a heavy metal church? It was just that was just incredible. Um, but yeah, it, it was like the, the takeaway moments for us were coming back and seeing actually our distinctives. The things that we were passionate about was creativity and creative arts. Um, and so why weren't we just able to pursue that? And we, we started trying to we as a band, we were writing the most creative music we could. There was a lot of. Um, 
a lot of things in our performance and style that we did that was quite creative and inspired because that was just what was within us and we were trying not to just go with the flow we treated every stage and every youth group as if we were playing Wembley you know we we would drive six hours to play to sometimes to six girls and dedicate a song to each of them but we would treat it as if it was the the most important thing because we'd seen like the, these groups of people treated every opportunity every moment as if that like God was going to do something present and real right here right now in that situation but that was like the standout moment for us it, it really inspired and set us free to pursue more of who we were what God was putting within us and allowed us to be ourselves in our mission. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you mentioned heavy metal church. There is a heavy metal church in Birmingham. Amazing. I, I have I have um I'm not gonna say quite the pleasure of listening to some of their music, but but if you like heavy metal, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check them out. I'll try and ping you the um web address or something like that, because um you might love it. Um, we've had Skillet, that's about as hard as we've got on Hope FM. We've had them on here before, so they were cool. I've got to say I totally agree that these sorts of opportunities, uh, hopefully you bless other people, but sometimes I feel that the biggest blessing is in yourself and the changes and just being stretched and actually seeing your giftings coming out and all that side of things. It's brilliant. So my wife and I have been on numbers of different mission teams, um, longer term and short term uh, over the years. And um, it's been something that for us as well has been foundational in helping us um, just to, to grow. So if you're at home listening right now, and maybe you've got uh, a child who's just about to to maybe be, they've got A-levels next year or something and you're thinking, I wonder what they're going to do. Maybe they should get a job in Tesco's as a gap year. I think me and Joe would both like to say, why not recommend to them that they go on a gap year with a Christian organisation? And uh, there are many opportunities, uh, you can search them up online, that will um, help them to really find out a bit more about who they are and who Jesus made them to be. But Joe, 14 years, we've only covered a trip to Brazil so far. Uh, what, what else has gone on? What's going on in your personal life as well? I can bring you a bit, I guess, a bit faster up the journey there. And um, so, yeah, we've, we've been, um, so we were doing the band and, and um, focused on mission to schools and young people. And, and that felt like the dream forever. It was this rock band and we were going to be, you know, the Christian Dave Grohl of, uh, <laughs> that was where we were heading. Um, and then uh, a couple of the boys decided to get married and life kind of shifted and moved on at that point. And, and I'd got married, but I was still convinced that we were, we were rocking forever. Um, and uh, and, and it, then there was sort of this, this transition journey where I started working for the church, heading up the gap year. Um, I was overseeing our worship at the church and um, worship was sitting parallel with all of this all the way through. So our, our mission as a band was very much like rock and roll. We were singing songs of hope. We were singing prophetically over people. We just weren't always singing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, and, um, but then alongside that, we were, we were leading worship. So, you know, we'd sometimes, well, quite often actually, we'd, we'd get it wrong and we'd be getting back at 5 a.m looking at our watches and going, all right, boys, see in a few hours, because we were coming back into do church. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, the, the band had kind of naturally sort of started winding down. I was then focused on leading the internship and doing worship stuff alongside. And actually around that time, I started getting involved in, in New Wine and leading in, um, in a couple of the venues at New Wine and various other events. But I got to this point where I was like... Um, I was really kind of torn because I felt this creativity growing in me and actually some of that that had sparked back in Brazil um, was growing and growing and I felt this burden for for songwriting and I felt this burden to to kind of see new things brought to life um, and I was still really excited about the internship and the, the role in the church but they were kind of becoming more separate for me 
Um, and I remember coming to the, the leadership of the church and going, look, I, I, I love this. It's been great, but I don't feel like this fits for me anymore. So I think it's time I call it a day. Um, and they said to me, look, we're not invested in a program. We're invested in you. So evolve the program and make that part of it. So it was like, well, okay. <laughs> it was just the most amazing uh, releasing moment. So, so then actually over the last few years, I've evolved that to be more around creative arts and mission through creative arts to to schools, to, to young people, and then to resource the wider church through that. But at the same time as, as that burden growing around creative arts and songwriting, particularly, um, I'd started getting these prophetic words from, from friends um, up and down the country. And Now, for our non-Christian listeners, people who've tuned in by accident and they're listening to us chatting away, what, what do you mean when you say you got a prophetic word? Things that were shared with me from friends, um, that they felt like these were God's words for me. Um, they were they were things that he was prompting and nudging that were specifically for me and where I was at. So, and I had I'd actually in the end had um, I had five separate words that were around songwriting, and uh, and one of them was about being a, a voice to the nation and the nations. And and then my old youth leader, this this isn't my boss, this is a, a previous person who had been a huge impact on my life, um, came to me and said, "I feel like you're supposed to be writing songs, and there's things that you've got to share." To which I went, yeah, that's really funny because you're the fifth person who said that to me. To which she turned and went, well, why are you disobeying God? <laughs> well, there's a challenge, yeah. That was, uh, that was her feedback. So I, I, I then kind of was like, all right, I'm going to focus and knuckle down. And, and then I, I ended up writing 60 songs over this kind of year-long period. Um, and they were songs that were, some that were for the church, some that were for my wife, some that were political rage against the machine type rants some that were um really intimate songs that were never for anybody else to hear some that were specific stories of other people who were in my life um and and I kind of had all these songs in my hands and I was like I I I don't know what what's the point of all of this and and there was this like moment in that year where I felt like God was trying to to catch my attention, to go, actually, Joe, this is a new season now. This is, and it was almost like a lay down all that stuff again. You, you know, the consistent message and the consistent story seems to be for me. When I'm getting my my mind focused on what's next, God goes, lay that down and follow me this way. Um, and so maybe that was with the band. I was focused on being Dave Grohl forever. And it was like, lay that down. Now, actually, I'm starting something new. Um, and so, yeah, that, that had felt like, a catalyst starting point for a new season of of music and of, of ministry for me, um, which then led to releasing my first solo album in 2016. Uh, and then also in 2019, you released an EP called Hold Me Still. And we're going to play one of the tracks from that in a moment. The track's called Sun. Could you tell us uh, the backstory uh, of Sun and how that track came about? Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I released the album in, in 2016, just at the end of 2016, um, right after the album was released, we found out we were pregnant. And um, so that was kind of a total life shift after that. Um, and probably not the best marketing campaign after you released an album to then go and have a baby. So our, <laughs> our whole world completely flipped upside down as any people becoming parents know and I think the journey that I then went on in in my my faith my walk with God was suddenly all about the father relationship and um and the father relationship between me and my son but also my relationship with 
with God and God looking over me as a father. And I've been really fortunate to have grown up with an incredible, supportive, um, encouraging, stable dad who um, is is my hero. He's he's an accountant, so not at all rock and roll. Um, but he uh, he's he's just an amazing consistent incredible loving um generous man and i've been so fortunate to go with that so my my whole lens of viewing god has been through that we had our son joshua um and i started writing again a little while after that it's inevitable that all of my writing then was shaped around becoming a father and what god's relationship with him that was so i am um, i was reading zephaniah three seventeen, um which is the lord takes delight in his children rejoices over them with singing and uh, there was this moment for me that was like, wow, that's exactly how like I see my son. I take delight in everything he does in, in like there's nothing he can do that will stop me from loving him. Uh, and I, I can't help but rejoice over him in, in song. Um, and so this, this song, Son, for me is like my song over Joshua, but actually it also feels like God's song sung over me. Um, and, and I hope for those who listen to it, it it's uh, an understanding of it's God's song sung over each, each one of us as well. Son of mine, hear my cry, I take delight in who you are. So And that was Sun by Joe Hardy. And I'm very pleased to say that Joe is still with us for the artist interview here on Hope FM. Joe, thank you very much for that track, which talks about the Father's love for us. And you talked about how significant it was beforehand in the way you've understood more of God's love as you've loved your son, Joshua. It would be great if at this moment you're happy to pray for our listeners. Yeah, of course. Father, I thank you that you are a faithful consistent, loving Father. Father, I thank you that you look on each and every one of us and you take delight in us just as we are. Father, I thank you that there's nothing we can ever do that will separate us from your love, that there's no distance we can run. I thank you that in all things, you are the God of detail. You're the God who intimately knows us even as we've been formed in our mother's wombs, you, you knew us there. And God, you know the number of hairs on our heads. And so God, today, I, for anyone who, who needs to hear that, for anyone who needs to hear that, that they are chosen, they are known, and they are loved, and that you look on them and take delight in just who they are. Father, I pray that they will know that love from you today. For each of us, each day, may we see that you take delight in just who we are. And for those of us who are our parents, may we learn to love like you love. And for those of us in our friendships, may we learn to love and give all of ourselves just as you do. We thank you that you are good. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Yes, he is, Joe. He is good. Thank you so much for your prayer. If you've been listening and you think, you know, I've maybe thought for a long time I'm a Christian, but I'm not so sure whether I'm a Christian or not right now, just encourage you to go to www.findachurch.co.uk. There are thousands of churches across the UK that would love to welcome you and help you know, know more and help you know more about God's amazing love. Great. Joe, one thing that people who are worshippers uh, often talk about is intimacy and encounter with God. And you mentioned intimacy there in, in your prayer. Could you explain a bit about what people are talking about when they talk about intimacy with God, particularly in worship, but just in general life as well? Yeah. Um, I once heard somebody referring to it as like into me see in that like, I see right into you. So if, if I haven't, if we if we're in an intimate relationship here, I'm not, not just looking at you through a Zoom screen, but I really see into who you are. I know you and, and you know me. And, and that's that's what that intimacy you'd have in, in, in your marriage, or that's the intimacy that actually God invites us into, is that he sees us close. We feel his breath, you know, he feels ours, he sees truly who we are, and we get to see truly who he is. So so when I think about intimacy, when I think about intimacy in worship, I think actually that that is the invitation. It's the um it's the interrupting the preoccupation with myself and with my uh, focus on my my day and my focus on my worries and my focus on my stresses and it's simply coming and attending to god and being here close to him um that's that's what i would say when i think of intimacy and intimacy in worship and and that's been the journey and the story of of my worship life with god he he regularly challenges inspires and, and pulls things out of me. Um, I once heard from um, the leader of our church, he, he just flippantly in a talk once said, we change through intimacy, not for intimacy. And he, he was referring to like, we, we change by becoming closer to God, as opposed to, I've got to have it all sorted so that God will let me come close to him. Uh, and I think that's one of our fears sometimes is that we, we know the, the sin or that we know the stuff in our lives. We know the the ego that we carry or we know the pride or we know the the dark thoughts we have and we think oh i can't necessarily come and worship god or i can't bring that to god because that's evil or dark or not not what he would want and and actually the whole thing is that's exactly what god wants god wants us to come to him with the dark stuff with the secret stuff with the the things that we we don't show off to the world actually because we change through intimacy when we're face to face with him as opposed to changing for intimacy. That's a brilliant answer and really helpful. And I'd not heard that into me see thing before. That's quite, that's quite clever. <laughs> that's not me. I can't remember who said it, but that's not me. <laughs> well, I, I, I won't forget it though. So, so that's very good. Um, and with regards to encounter, what sorts of things might people expect when they encounter God? And it sounds like an extraordinary thing that you say is invitation for us to to be intimate and to come into God's presence? What, what, what does it look like? It's a, it's a great question. I, I think the thing with me that is so significant about, about faith is that this doesn't academically make sense, thankfully, because I'm not, as we established earlier, that's not my strength. Um, it doesn't actually all academically make sense, you know, that there's a talking donkey in the Bible. There's, there's all sorts of things that you look at scripture and go, this actually doesn't, you know logically ne necessarily makes sense and i think uh, maybe this fits into some of the 
popularity of deconstructing is we kind of go, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't kind of line up. And for me, I think the, the thing that I, I try um, and, and I, I'm often inspired by that simplicity of Jesus inviting people to come like children um, is because children don't analyze everything as they're doing it. They just see what's happening and, and it's there. And, and I think we can overanalyze and we can try and understand and we can expect what things should or shouldn't look like. Whereas actually we're talking about the supernatural, the spiritual, the, the being beyond what we can see and understand. Um, if this is just an academic exercise, it doesn't make sense. We have to see and expect that there will be some kind of encounter to match with the relationship that we read about in the Bible. Um, and so that encounter, uh, I mean, for anybody who's not experienced in, in, especially in the context of worship, can look like God meeting us with moments of peace, moments of joy and elation, moments of, of stillness, actually, in many cases, physical healing, you know, the stories of people who, who come and worship and are physically healed in, in that moment, it can, you know, lead to to release of baggage of, of the past, it can, God is inviting us into a relationship with him. This is not simply an academic exercise. And through relationship, through intimacy, that's then when encounter and those good things happen. And I think it's probably fair to say, for myself anyway, when I've had encounters with God, um, I've always come away much better for it. They aren't always easy. Sometimes, sometimes they can be challenging and difficult even but actually uh, as you come out through them you go actually it's just been great to be in God's presence so you mentioned there about healings is that something that you've seen much of at all in your church it's amazing we, I wouldn't say that we have a, a like a, a healing ministry as a church where you know some places are very clear that that's what they that's what they're about and there's some people who that's their whole ministry um for us healing seems to happen like on the fringes and it seems to just happen without hype and without things going on actually it's part of gathering and people worshiping so I mean at the moment we're, we're really praying as a church because there are a number of people who are facing quite serious um, cancer battles and so we're praying to that we have seen cancer healed in the past um, as a church we've seen physical you know people healed of bad backs and healed of uh, physical things in the bodies but also we've seen real release of of peace for people where they've been battling heavy grief or, or heavy loss and and god bringing healing into those moments um yeah we've seen lots of that as a church yeah i've got to say that sounds exciting and sounds also a bit like the church that we see in the bible as well where uh, miracles uh, take place um probably much more regularly than as a nation we experience uh, i think sometimes we can be scared of some of the supernatural stuff and it makes you go, Ooh, that's, or maybe that's only stuff that happened in the past and would never happen now. Whereas you're definitely testifying to saying something that you do see and something that we perhaps should expect more of. So, and I like the way you, you, you said it in a very sort of simple way. You said it's stuff that just sort of happens around. It's not something you're making a hype out of. God just seems to get on with touching people. Uh, I like that. I think as we, as we seek to get closer to God, we should expect him to also um, move uh, in ways that perhaps are beyond our normal expectations, but uh, are things that are signs of his kingdom and his love that never fails. So we've talked a bit about your music. We've talked a bit about your journey. It'd be interesting to know what are you doing sort of right now? What are your plans over the next week and next month? So I've um, 
I've recently taken on a joint role of, of heading up New Wine Worship with a friend called Pedro, um, who's based in Leicester. So we are currently working out what that what that means, what that role looks like uh, um, for us both. And uh, we're, we're doing that as part of our, you know, we're, we're both employed by churches. So it's, it's a partnership for our churches with New Wine. Um, and we've been recording worship for the United Breakout, uh, Breaks Out Gathering online, which starts on the 29th of July. So we've had teams um, all, all over the country. My, my team in Yeovil, we've had Pedro's team in Leicester, but we've had guys in, in York and Leeds um, and in Oxford. So different groups recording together uh, already for that event. And we've got, um, we've got live worship happening as part of that as well. Wow. Okay. So, so New Wine obviously normally is in a, in a big, great big tent and it's all online totally. Uh, for people who didn't get to hear it when we had uh, Paul um, Harcourt on the show previously, how much does it cost to go to New Wine this year? It is completely free all online. Completely free. I've got to say, I've been to New Wine myself personally before. It is a wonderful opportunity to uh, celebrate and to hear great teaching and to worship and to draw close to God. So um, if you're listening to this thinking, New Wine, hmm, that could be good. I really want to encourage you to, to go and check it out uh, straight away. Um, Joe, what, what's the web address for New Wine so people can go and find out about it? It's new-wine.org. What's your favourite bit of new wine? It is tough because it's such a brilliant thing to gather the church and gather people in person, isn't it? And so, like, my favourite thing really is being in person with a good few hundred people or a thousand people in, in a venue and, and, and celebrating and raising your voices loud and declaring who God is. You, you, can't, you can't beat that feeling. Um, I think favourite thing about the, the online gathering together is that it's free, that you can watch it in your home, that you can be sat in the sofa with a cup of coffee or, or there's loads of amazing activities for kids this year. There's a um, huge load of resources and a, and a clever app and things that the people can access from there. So I think there's, there's good merits in being able to enjoy it at home. And lots of people in their local churches are watching it together and, and trying to have that same community camp feel, um, I guess, as part of doing it online. But I can't wait for the moment where we can all be back in a, in a large tent together singing at the top of our voices. Well, let's hope that's uh, for 2022. Um, but well done for your part in helping make new wine come together and work uh, online for this year, because I can imagine it's been um, a process that maybe has some disappointment in it and some challenges, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what God will do uh, with all that you've put together. So, so thank you for that. And, and what about uh, with your music going forward, beyond new wine, where are you headed? Yeah, uh, so I, I've been... I mean, as I've said, I've been writing lots. I'm currently sitting on a, an album's worth of material that I'm I'm working in the process of, of producing. Um, realistically, I think that will be out in 2022 now, because this year I've been um, focused on our local church and we've got songwriters, some amazing songwriters within the church who have been, um, we've been working and shaping songs together through lockdown, so remotely. So we're releasing an EP in October as a church that I'm really excited about and backing those songs. And what about your personal goals? Obviously, there's the music side of things, but what do you think Jesus wants to do in you and in your family in the next 12 months? My constant hope and desire is that I would be a good dad to my, my two boys um, and a good husband to my wife. And we, we both work for the local church. She's an incredible youth worker, leads 
like a hundred young people across different groups every week and uh, is one of the most amazing people, but we can both be quite focused on, on all that we're involved with all the time and lots of different projects. And, and so I think my, my biggest hope and desire always is that first and foremost, I'd be the best dad in the world and, and the best husband in the world. That's quite a high standard to set for myself. Um, so I think if I can miss on the best in the world and still do pretty well, then, uh, then, then I think I'm doing okay there. So I, I would agree, being a dad uh, and a husband, both very high callings. So well done for having that on your heart to invest in. And with regards to the Bible, yeah, so you mentioned some Bible verses earlier, who's your favourite Bible character and why you are not allowed to choose God? <laughs> favourite Bible character? Uh, I mean, the, the, the jokester within me says Samson because I just think he's, he's epic that he killed, you know, 10,000 men with the jawbone of a donkey. I think that's, that's pretty, um, that's pretty impressive when you actually think about what that, that really was. It, that, yeah, that is quite impressive. <laughs> it's not the nicest of tales, but it, it's quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not the role model we're all looking for, is it? Um, I think the, the stories that I, I always, the things I always come back to um, would be, I, I love Daniel's like faithfulness in following God. And um, he, you know, wasn't afraid to back down, wasn't afraid to, to be the person that God had made him to be, didn't shift and change even when the world wanted him to. So I always come back to Daniel. He's deeply inspiring. Yeah, absolutely is. And, and also a person who had dreams. So prophetic dreams, which are, I think is quite an interesting thing. So if there was one bit of Daniel you'd more like to be like yourself, what, what bit of Daniel then would it be that you say definitely is this? I, I was about to say become a vegan, but actually I don't think that's the thing that... <laughs> <laughs> and I think it is the, it's, it's the, the, the clarity in knowing this is who God's made me to be for this point. And actually I'm not wavering. I'm not going to, to shift and change no matter how much the world pressures, no matter how much circumstance and everything else would want me to be something different actually this is who god's made me to be and i'm standing firm in that so that would say throw me in a lion's den but um whether i'm ready for that today i don't know <laughs> so but, but standing firm on your identity of who you are in god and also his purposes what he's called you for at this time that sounds to me like a a good thing to um to be wanting to be able to continue in. that's great now we've got time to play one more single from you, and it's a single that I know that you wrote last year called Waiting. Could you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, we've had a weird year, haven't we? That's, that is <laughs> an understatement, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, we went into the, the start of the pandemic going through the, the sudden reality of, of what that actually was going to mean for us. So we'd had our second baby called Freddie. Um, he, he came five weeks early, so it was a bit of a surprise in January last year. And so going just as everything was kicking off, you know, he was he was just seven weeks old. We spent a few weeks in and out of, of hospital and we were sort, you know, at this point we were still just landing, really. We were very dependent on on my wife's parents who live live close. And suddenly, like the reality of this, the pandemic's hitting. And we realized that my mother-in-law was going to be in the shielding category and that we had to be really careful. And, and it wasn't just a case of suddenly being careful, actually. It was like, oh, right, we're not actually going to be able to see you. Um, and so there was this kind of huge gut-wrenching, like heartbreaking moment for us as a family, like everybody was facing, but just suddenly this, oh, I feel like we're saying goodbye and we don't even know how long we're saying goodbye for. And we've, we could be traveling across the world, but we're, 
we're going five minutes down the road and yet we can't see you because if we do we're putting you at risk of yeah you know of course yeah so there was just this it was a huge amount of emotion and things we're feeling and often I think some of the best expressions of creativity that I've ever had have been at those points of strongest emotion um and came back and and we were just trying you know we were we were actually going how on earth are we going to do this with a, a newborn and a toddler um and so this song waiting came out and it, it was it was a heart cry and a lament of how long is this going to be and at that point we really had no idea how long it was going to be and it just started as my own little song that I was just singing for my sake and then it it became a song that I felt like I needed to help other people articulate and and that seems to be the stories that I've come back from it is that people it's helped people articulate some of their own feelings and then you know it's been not just a weird year it's been been a tough year for anyone in a similar sort of job to me you've been learning we've been learning how to live stream and learning how to produce tv broadcasts for for church which has been a totally different world and then for us as a local church one of our most amazing wonderful volunteers um a guy called chris who was part of our food bank volunteer team was the life and soul of the party the center of our our church community in the building every day um he bought our son his first football kit uh, as a united strip to mess with both grandparents to mess with you know a, a dear friend and someone as a whole church we dearly love um, and sadly he passed away um, from covid and and so that like heartbreak of not just the the waiting what could this be but also the like the waiting now we can't even process this necessarily together yeah it's been it's been a bit of a lament story it's been a bit of a journey on that so that's that's what this this song is well thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing through your heart throughout this time together for the artist interview here on hope fm so joe hardy this is your track waiting god bless you joe bye-bye bye thanks so much for having me the end will come one day but now i'm waiting for this whole thing to blow over I'm waiting And I feel so far away And know this won't be forever My heart just doesn't understand today And that was Waiting by Joe Hardy And thank you so much to Joe for joining us for The Artist Interview A podcast by Hope FM There are many more artists and interviews for you to enjoy. Please do look us up on whichever podcast platform you're using right now. Subscribe, like, share it with a friend. We hope that you'll be blessed by it and we appreciate you taking time to listen. God bless you. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview.